Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jock Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 66 of Jock Talk. I hope you are prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as me and Big Joe and the Big Rig talk to ESPN Inside of Todd Archer. Touch briefly, you see that? Briefly on your Dallas Mavericks. And then we're going to have a long talk about the truth about the quarterback carousel, and then we might even mix in a little birthday talk uh, because my granddaughter celebrated her 18th birthday this weekend, or last weekend, and it got me to thinking. Uh, 66, dog, what comes to mind? Fighting ass Kevin Gogan. Fighting ass Kevin Gogan. Interesting you say that because I was just looking up some research on him last night for a project I'm working on. 66 for me is the number that I wore for your Dallas Skyline Raiders. Why? Because I like Bill Berge coming up as a kid from the uh, middle line back from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And the Eagles. I was going to say Cincinnati Bengals and the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. And ironically enough, 66, rest in peace for Tony Hudson, who had a a brief career with the Dallas Cowboys, 96, 97, 98, I believe. He was a guard out of Oklahoma. Uh, Now, why you know that? I have no idea. Because Mm. he didn't even play that much. I don't know. I knew. Uh, But I I was on. He was a stud at Oklahoma. Okay. I think he uh, ran the well, fumble. I was on Facebook last. I think he ran the fumble Ruski. I think so. I don't know if he did all that. I don't yeah. know if Tony Hudson went to Oklahoma. I think so. I don't know if he went to Oklahoma. Is it it a, feels like he went to a directional school in Oklahoma. Uh, but I don't think he went to Oklahoma. You got to look we, it up. You know, in today's world, we don't have to see. Well, he went to Northeastern State. So, did he? Yes. It's a Hudson went to Oklahoma then. Pretty sure. Okay, it's not him. Roger that. Uh, anyway, Tony, uh, Tony Hudson. I was on Facebook last night and saw that he died. That threw me for a little bit of a loop. 49 years old. Uh, so, rest in peace to Tony Hudson, number 66 for your Dallas Cowboys. Uh, now, I ain't going to take a couple seconds to tell y'all. Valentine's Day. You still got a little bit of time. We trying to make it easy for you. All right? We really are. Me and Big Joe trying to make it easy for you. To have some happy time on Valentine's Day night. Now, if I got to explain what happy time is, well, you should be able to figure it out. Uh, well, all you have to do to have a chance to win two tickets to the Mavs game, Valentine's Day night, Spurs, Mavericks, Wimby, Luca, Kyrie, all you got to do is this easy. Go to the webs, is go to the YouTube channel. The Real Jacques Talk, it's on YouTube. All you have to do is subscribe, like it, leave a comment. That's all you have to do, a minute and a half max, to register for two tickets. And check them out. Section 115, row 8, seats 1 and 2. I've been there. I sat in those. They are fantastic. Guaranteed happy time if you win the tickets. So go to the YouTube channel right now. Literally takes you 90 seconds, if that, to subscribe, like, leave a comment. Keep it moving. Uh, you can always uh, follow the show on IG. The Real Jacques Talk. You can hit me on Twitter 
at JJT Journalist. I am Jean Jacques Taylor is the handle. Uh, what's rolling with you, Doc? How you feeling today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm feeling good today. It's all good. Uh, are you spicy today? Or are you just good today? Nah, nah. I'm I'm alright. Well, you know, y'all know what the deal is. Archer's coming on today, so it ain't gonna take him long to be spicy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I always like to remind you guys that uh, if you're ever in an accident and it's not your fault, somebody else's negligence has ended up with you in a bad situation. What you got to do, what you need to do, seriously, it should already be plugged into your phone. It's called 972-934-8900. That's my friends at Greening Law. When they pick up the phone, you just say, hey, here's my situation. And I'm telling you, real talk, if they bring you on as a client, it's been a great day for you. Seriously. Why? They handle everything, literally. Uh, you need a doctor, they can set that up for you. You need a specialist, they can set that up appointment for you. When you're going up against somebody else's insurance company, man, that thing can be a long, drawn-out, tedious process. It can get uh, confrontational. It can be scary. It can be intimidating. It can be all those things. You need somebody like Greening Law to ride with you. Why? They take care of literally everything. You need somebody to tell you when to turn left and when to turn right and when to hold and when to walk fast and when to slow down because you're going too fast. It's complicated. They break it down for you for your simple so that you know exactly what's going on with your case. Why? Two reasons. Two reasons only. They want you focused entirely on healing and renewal. Get your mind right. Get your body right. Get your life back. That's really what they focus on. That's how they want you to be. Get your mind right. Get your body right. Get your life back. It's really that simple. And what I like to tell folks all the time is, they don't get paid. Not a nickel, not a dime, not a quarter. That's right, a quarter. Unless you get paid. So you ain't never got to worry about where you fit on the priority list. You're always numero uno. That's Greening Law. Robert Greening does some great work over there at the law firm. Uh, but you ain't got to take my word for it, real talk. You go to work with law firm and check it out. And see all the awards that they've won. See the work that he's done. See what his clients say about it. It's easy. Do it. If you're ever involved in an accident, you've been injured, and it's not your fault, make sure you call Greening Law, 972-934-8900. Take care of things. Uh, before we get to Todd Archer, we're going to take just a couple minutes. And, you know, y'all can blame Chuck Cooperstein, the voice of the mass, for this. He didn't literally cuss me out, but he cussed me out. Talking about, how come you're not talking about the Mavericks? Where are the Mavericks on the radar? Now, he said that in a very, in like four or five words on Twitter. No conversation about Lucas 73. And I said to myself, you know what, self, you are kind of ignoring the Mavericks, but that's because to me, I don't know about you, Doc, since you play 2K all the time, basketball season don't really start, especially when the team is just kind of met until after the All-Star break. That's when I kind of give full attention to the Mavericks. Um, I follow the rookies. Are you in basketball mode right now? Yeah, yeah. I follow the rookies and all that. <clears throat> I know I'm con I'm I mean, I'm pretty much versed on football, but I'm constantly learning about foot about basketball and different things that they do. And that's what makes it uh interesting game for me. You know, learning different plays and different techniques and doing different stuff like that. And uh a side note, I stand corrected, it was Mark Hudson played for Oklahoma. Oh, spelled okay. spelled the same no way, word. and I oh. think my Mark Hudson might have been a cowboy for a second. I'm not sure, 
But I know he ran the fumble. Yeah, he ran the fumble, Ruski. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I like basketball. Uh, I, 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 I don't. You know what's funny is I don't watch too many games until playoffs. But you know, like remember back in the day, you used to jump on basketball. You watch that stuff. I think COVID kind of screwed up a lot of people with sports because no. there was a time I, where I couldn't I live without sports, and then COVID came and we didn't have any. I found other things to do. And now I'm getting back into it, like baseball and basketball. It's not that for me. What happened was, and and I don't know that I'm the only person that that, that has experienced this. Uh, and it's kind of true how you said it, but in a different sense. I used to watch the Mavericks play all the time. Mm-hmm. Like they on the tube, I'm pretty much watching a half, a quarter. I tune in for the last quarter and a half, whatever. I'm gonna see some of the game. And it's not that COVID did this to me. You know what did it to me, Doug? I know what you're saying. Yeah. When they took, when they took yeah. them off the TV, and yeah. I found out that, oh, I guess I don't have to watch them. And yeah. what happened is I got yeah. I filled up those two hours every night doing something else. Yeah. And I'm yeah. still to the point where I don't want to spend $20 a month to follow the Mavericks. Yeah, a friend of mine was saying it's, the other it's day. It's just that simple, Doc. Yeah, he was saying the other day, why did they just keep them on Channel 21 like they was on there? Well, I understand. It. Now, this is not really the Mavericks' fault per se because Ballas changed the rules in the middle of the game, and now Ballas is broke and he can't pay nobody. Uh, they did it for the money. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm not, as a business owner myself these days, I ain't, I ain't mad at nobody doing whatever they do to get more money right. or more bag or secure the bag, whatever, because there are bills to be paid, and, you know, you just got to do what you got to do as a business owner. Uh, so I'm not mad at them. But what happened is they took the product away from the people and they had charged them for it. And some people just decided, like me, I'm not paying for it. Yeah, It's not that high on my priority list. Yep. And you can say, well, you blow $20. Yeah, but I'm going to blow my $20 doing something else. Amen. It's just that simple to me. Uh it's just that simple. And so I haven't, uh, I haven't spent that much time on the marriage. But I will. I saw this last night. I said we should, uh, we should talk about it for a few minutes. And that's a nice win by the Mavericks on the road last night. Uh, they beat up on uh, Philadelphia without Embiid. And I don't really care that Embiid wasn't there. It's life in the NBA. They beat them 118-102. Uh, uh, here's the key. Uh, Doncic only had 19. Kyrie had 23. That's only the 23rd time this season out of 50 games. 23 games out of 50 that Kyrie and Luka have played together. And uh, so when you look at it in the big picture, that's a big reason why the Mavericks are uh, eighth in the West. I think they're two games out of fifth, out of six, two and a half out of fifth. They have no shot to get fourth. None at all. That thing's a pipe dream. Uh, because I think Denver's in fourth, and they're 21 games over 500. So you, you're not catching them. Uh, so, you know, but the Mavericks' big problem when I look at it, though, is they haven't had Kyrie and Luka together. And their problem other than that is, you know, the NBA is a place traditionally where even the bad teams dominate at the crib and then hope to go 50-50 on the road. Basketball has a huge home court advantage. Why are the Mavericks 14-13 and 13 at the AAC, man? They're 13-10 on the road. If they were playing the way they should play at the crib, they'd be in the hunt. Uh, 
you know, but they're only 14 and 13 at home, and that's a big reason why they're eighth in the West. And right now they're just a meh. Uh, Luca, I'm trying to see if I believe this. I think so. He's the only reason they're relevant right now. They're, they're just a meh team to me. They're a cute little team. That's the way I say it. They're a cute little team. They don't really mean much in the West. Nobody thinks about them as a team you got to deal with other than they got a superstar. And, uh, yeah, Kyrie is terrific, but they just haven't played together enough to uh, to make it a difference. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. They're, they're in the midst of a three-game East Coast road trip. We'll see if they can finally get Luka and Kyrie some games together so we can really see what they are. But until then, man, uh, you know, I'm just kind of peeking at them, but not staying focused on them. Right. We can talk about it later, but it's wild how the Mavericks don't really learn. They really don't. Uh, they really don't lure any big time free agents to us, you know. And then we got a superstar, and how long are we gonna have him before he bail? Because we not we don't seem to have any urgency to get him any players. Oh, I think they've had urgency. That's why they got Kyrie last year. That's why they mm-hmm. got Porzingis the two years before. I mean, you could disagree with who they got. Yeah. But there's only so many people you can get. True that. I mean, everybody's not available. And uh, it's not really a money issue. It's, uh, you know, the NBA's got a lot of complications to acquiring players. Don't um, I know? Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm a trading so, fool. You know, it's a... It's uh, it's not easy to acquire them. They've shot their shot, and it hasn't worked out for a variety of reasons. And the biggest issue to me is, yeah, they did great getting Luka in the draft, and it looks like they did good getting Lively in the draft. Mm-hmm. But they haven't really been able to make – they haven't – you know, I guess Josh Green is okay, but he ain't no difference maker. He's just a solid NBA player. Uh, he's not a difference maker. So uh, they haven't been able to supplement – what they've been able to do in free agency with the draft or supplement free agency with what they've been able to do in the draft. Well, like you said the other day, they, they did, they did do good, but they let the little guard go to, to uh, New York. Yeah. But that, you know what, man, and I don't want to go too down that exit ramp right now. If you really get into the intricacies of it, it was a situation where it ain't really nobody's fault. Meaning, Hey, how come you didn't offer Jalen Brunson $150 million, da 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 Because when it was time to offer him that money, he wasn't that player. Do you understand what I'm saying? When yeah, they could have offered him that money, he wasn't that type of dominant, oh, we got to give him the money player. Well, when did we find out he was that guy? When Luka got hurt against the Clippers. Yeah. And you go, oh, oh okay. okay, he can. Yeah. That's point number one. So point number two, when they did offer him the money, what happened? Then he a free agent. Now you got to compete against other teams who have more cap yeah. room and other stuff. Yeah. And okay. then his daddy joined the Knicks. His god daddy run the Knicks. Gotcha. Okay, if your if your daddy is at the Knicks, your godfather runs the Knicks, and they offer you equal or more money, where are you going? You're going to the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, okay. it ain't even all that complicated. Once you once you put it all together like that. And so they just, that's one of those things where sometimes it's nobody's fault. It's just some bad fortune. Gotcha. You know, because, and here's the, here's the other part of that, the, the last part of that. Okay, Luca is ball dominant. Have y'all yep. watched the Knicks play? Have y'all watched the Knicks play at all? Jalen Brunson is ball dominant. 
He got the ball in his hands as much as Luka does, almost. And then he either shoot or he give it up. You think them two cats can coexist together and be good and be a good team? They were good. I don't know. They was they was good. He they played off each other pretty good. I thought, you know, but like you said, he wasn't that guy yet. Right, he wasn't that guy yet. And that's the difference. He can be deferential when yeah. you're not that guy. It's Lucas well, when, team. When Luka, okay, blah, blah, blah. When Luka, left the, when Luka left the game, that's when Brunson was shine for the Mavericks, though. That's the, that'd be right. the truth. Because yeah. he can run the ball. Then. Yeah, he can do all that. So, Man, but anyway. Pretty good. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's give Todd Archer a call and talk to him about what's going on with your Dallas Cowboys. Archer brought to us each and every Wednesday. By Smokey John's Barbecue. And the big game pack. Hello. What's up, Arch? How you doing today? What's going on? Doing all right? Oh, How are you guys? Much. Yeah, not much. Oh, uh, I'm doing great. I guess Joe is being No, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm good, too. What's, what's up, Todd? Uh, What's going on? All right. Uh, now that Dan Quinn has taken the job in Washington, what do you think he'll do as a head coach? Um, I think he'll be fine, I guess. Uh, have a couple of good years, a couple of down years, and then Washington, like every other team, will be looking for a coach in five years, right? I mean, that's I, – I don't know if it'll well, be special, that, um, you know. He got a chance if he solves the quarterback issue. If he don't, then you're right. He'll right. be fired in four. And, and that's why it's not. That's really not on him, right? That's on their new GM and their scouting department and and all that stuff. So it, it, a big big part of it will, will depend on that. And I don't know. I, like the way I viewed the Washington job was, yeah, there's only one of 32 of them, and Daniel Snyder's gone. I got gotcha. you, but there's so much stuff that they got to climb out of that. I don't know if this is the best job to take, but you're Dan Quinn, you're 52, 53, 54, whatever. You want to make sure you get in the job again and you get a chance. And, you know, you, you, you don't you certainly don't turn it down, but, uh, but yeah. I just still wonder about the, the, the long-term prognosis of this job with a new ownership group and everything changing so much that is this really going to be as stable and as, as as good as we think it could be. Now that's an interesting take. Why do you why do you say that? In terms of stuff that um, they got to climb out of, because they're so bad. It, it, the, 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 the... <laughs> oh, we lost them. All right, we'll call them back right quick. Roger that. We haven't had that before, so that's pretty good. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Like we never left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, Snyder may not be there, but the stink still remains. Like the, the their fan base is dwindling, their stadium is terrible. Um, so the, the, there's a lot of money that the guy paid, obviously for the franchise. He's got to figure out all this other stuff that goes with it. That you know, maybe the easy part of it is just the the football stuff because that's pretty much self contained. But they don't. They they have good players, but they don't have they don't put it this way. If you had to pick the division right now, 
would you have them fourth again or third? Like, there's still a huge gap in yep. my mind between Philly and Dallas right. and New York and Washington. That I don't know how it closes in one offseason, um, even if you have the number two overall pick. No, there's still a lot of stuff uh, that they overcome. I think you just – yeah, I think it's like the, uh, like the Lions in terms of you just start building blocks and putting, you know – good players on the roster and see where you get, uh, you know, because they can, I mean, they, they are devoid of talent. So, you know, you just, you understand this year is going to be rough as you transition, as you switch it over. You just hope that you have good drafts, really good drafts. Uh, and this year needs to be one of those drafts where, you know, it's like uh, the Lions, uh, you know, a couple years ago or last year. Or the yeah. Cowboys in 89 when they got, you know, Aikman and Moose and Stepnasi and Tolbert, where you get three or four legitimate starters. And then, you know, go from there. But you're right. They, they stink. They suck. Uh, yeah. Interesting question. Joe, <laughs> go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, I was saying what? I was going to ask, why is it, what, what makes the stadium bad? I've never been there. What makes the stadium bad? Uh, everything. Everything. And maybe some of that just because a lot of it is the, the where where we Location. sit. But that's not it. It's just it's just a they've shrunken down the, the the seating bowl because they don't have as many fans and there's no waiting list anymore. The Cowboys. The last five years the Cowboys have played there. I would say the number of Cowboys fan it's sixty five thirty five Cowboys fans. Wow. And I think that you, you've seen that when the Eagles play there. You've seen that when the Giants play there. And, you know, even as bad, you know, the Giants haven't been a team that's been very good uh, for what they made the playoffs, I realized, two years ago, or 2022. But they've had some down years and some bad times, and they still maintain their own stadium from a from a fan perspective of there's more Giants fans. Now, Cowboys fans allowed anywhere they go. I gotcha. But that one just seems to be starting at the bottom of the barrel in terms of having to rebuild everything. Uh, right. Yeah. Based, based solely on on all, all the stuff that happened on or didn't happen under Snyder. Roger that. Uh, why is uh, – I know the question. Uh, how come the Cowboys weren't interested in Joe Witt? Since he's worked with McCarthy uh, for uh, a decade, yeah, I, I, it, it makes you wonder, right? Um, that, that's why I was like, it was never explained to me that he was the lead candidate, that he was the guy that they would go to. I, I think that might have been what McCarthy would have wanted because of everything you just mentioned. He was he was with Joe Witt for years in Green Bay. Believes he can be a head coach one day. Um, as as said, nothing but good things about him. The fact that it wasn't an automatic Dan Quinn leaves to Washington the next day the Cowboys named Joe Witt the successor. The fact that didn't happen tells you that was never going to happen. Like there's, it, He's yeah. been here three years. Why, why would he need to talk to Stephen and Jerry for, for the job? It should, if it was going to be – if it was a no-brainer, it would be like, okay, Joe, Dan's office is open. Just go ahead in there. Um, <laughs> Put your pictures up. You right. still keep everything so, the same. Yeah. Just put your pictures right. up. Like I, I and I, I can't sit here and tell you like uh, schematically they don't like this or communication wise they don't like that. Um, the the only thing I can come back to 
is in 2020, Mike McCarthy's defensive coordinator was Mike Dolan. They had a historically bad defense. Maybe that was his one. We gave you one opportunity to hire the guy. We're not going to give you another That's one. That's one crack at it. All right. Well, see, I don't, um, you know, when, and I'm with you, or you can you can tell me if I'm with you. It sounds to me like McCarthy wanted Witt and Jerry and Steven, or Steven and Jerry, or Jerry nixed it. And to me, when people talk about the culture and how the culture is bad, normally I go, eh, you know, it is what it is, blah, blah. But when you talk about that, I go, if you're going to make the coach be a lame duck coach and go in his last year, if that's what you're going to do, then you should just let him ride and succeed or fail based on, you know, what he'd like to do. And everybody knows he, he would have wanted to hire Witt because of all the things you just mentioned. And so when you make him go with another guy, I think it just creates a level of dysfunction that a team like this, it's just one more thing they got to overcome. And I think it's just a bad move. Because I know McCarthy, at least for a day, sat around cursing his faith. <laughs> um, I can't disagree with anything that you said. And it's not like there's not precedent here. We can go back to Jason Garrett in the last year of his contract was not allowed to call plays again. They, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, Kellen Moore right. was named the play caller. So, and I'm sure there are other <laughs> examples throughout the years. Uh, and, yeah. and look, it, it was explained to me, he might not have been standing on the table, pounding his, pounding his fist and doing all that stuff, but Mike tried to make a case to keep Nolan again in 2021 and was told no. So right. then he realized, okay, there are fights to fight and this is not one of them. And they like Dan Quinn. <laughs> you know what? I like Dan Quinn too. And that turned out to be a good move. But you're right. But there, there's If you're going to have a guy go, at least let, give the guy the opportunity to go down the way he wants to go down or fight. The, and that's a bad right. way of saying it. Fight the way he wants to fight. They didn't do it for Jason yeah. Garrett. Um, let's remember Wade Phillips. There was one year, Wade's second year, third year. I forget which one it was. We had Brian Stewart calling the plays, and Jerry and Steven were like, what are you doing? We hired you to be the defensive, the head coach and the coordinator calling plays. So he had to take that back. Right, we need- so this happened. The, the, and and th- maybe that's the the dysfunction, the, 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 the way that this team operates and why they just can't – why they always have to win in spite of themselves. Yeah, I remember that. I thought about that recently because – when uh, Nick Sirianni, the Philadelphia Eagles coach, had his press conference uh, at the end of the year or shortly thereafter, somebody said, well, if you're going to you hire do? the offense according to do this, yeah, what else do you do? And I thought about Jerry going, I need to see tangible things that the head coach does, you know, and I need you to call the defense so I know exactly what you're doing and, what the, and you know, the exact impact you're making on winning, which is interesting because obviously Parcells, even though he's a defensive guy, he was kind of a walk-around commander in general coach. Well, for three so, years, Mike McCarthy didn't call offense, right? What did, yeah. he, what did yeah. he do that was tangible? He was just standing over there with the play call sheet. Hey, man, you know, when you, when you don't get to the ultimate goal, you know. This is how Jerry can say he's like, changed. Yeah. This is how, like, yeah. Jerry can, this is how Jerry can say he's changed. I've, wanted, I've done it this way, and now we're doing it this way. We did it that way. Now I'm doing it this way. And all it is is a big giant circle of you're actually doing the same things over and over again. <laughs> it's just it's 
every three years the 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 mo changes so right um yeah but we right. all in he all in this year what does that mean i wish i wish there was a good answer to that one and it's funny we have a, something coming out like what what's the off-season storyline to watch for and i said how does jerry jones define all in because if you look at the quote that he gave uh clarence and and gelkin from the senior bowl it all depends on what part of the circle Jerry's talking in that you want to extrapolate from. I'm all in. Now he keeps going, he keeps going, he keeps going to get almost to the other end of the circle. He's like, provided it's the right contract for the right player. <laughs> well, no, that's not all in. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. everything that he, you know, that's how he talks in circles and it just, it's where, yeah. I love Dak. Dak has done nothing. Um, to change my mind about what he, we think he can be, we're going to go as far as Dak can take us, and that's where he took us. Wow! Yep. Oh, yeah. So, what part of the circle do you want to come in on as to what Jerry is saying? And there you go. There, uh, there's, Ron there's, Rivera? The, there's the Cowboys. Ron Rivera, Mike Zimmer, or somebody else. Um. I don't think it will be Rivera. And the only reason I say that is Rivera's scheme, as much as we can call it his scheme, I mean, he was the head coach in two spots, is more like the, 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 the it's not exactly, but I'm just keeping it elementary, like the Tampa 2 stuff that Marinelli and, and Monty Kiffin and those guys did forever, right? Lovey Smith, all those guys. Well, we know right. what Mike thinks of that scheme because they've tooled with it for years in Green Bay and just killed it. So I don't think <laughs> – so that's why I don't think it would be Ron Rivera. But, you know, a head coach has experience. You have it interviewed for the Cowboys job in 2007 after Parcells left. All signs right. point to Zimmer to me. And maybe – there's got to be some other external candidates that we've not learned yet. But I think if you're if right. you're Mike, right, and okay, Jerry wants me to hire an experienced guy with head coaching experience. Who's the dude that I would want that would be least threatening to me? And in a in a way, Zimmer's probably least threatening. Not that Rivera would be, but with he's got a multiple multiple schemes. He can play three four four three five man fronts, yep. bring blitzes, play coverage, play man, be aggressive, blah blah. Play to the strength of what the Cowboys currently are on defense. Zimmer has all that, and he's 67 years old. He's not looking to be uh, a head coach again automatically, like trying to find his next job. Right. So yeah, that's like I, if he get it, cool. But he, but I ain't looking for it. I just want to be right. back close to the game. Right. Uh, yeah, I think uh, now everybody knows I'm partial to Zimmer. He was my guy for years. Uh, probably the first. Uh, probably the second assistant coach I ever developed a real relationship with uh, with uh, the great Robert Ford being the first <laughs> for those of you who don't remember I Robert Ford coached tight ends Robert, for uh, the Dolphins wide receiver coach when they call two or three. Dolphins. right then he went to the Dolphins but he was my first guy and then uh, Zimmer was my second guy uh, that I just had for whatever reason we just hit it off and uh, had some great football talks and stuff but uh I think he would be good. I think he'd bring a little edge. And I always wondered this, and I mentioned this the other day. I'm curious what you think. Um, I don't know this, and so this is just an opinion from afar. I wondered if Dan Quinn 
for lack of a better way, better use of verbs, I'm not had the ability to tell Micah, hey dog, just shut up and do this, okay? And <laughs> um, and I say that because they had what appeared to me to be a close relationship, but I wondered if at a certain point, it's like when you have a parent that's only 18 years old, you know, it's not, I don't know what I'm saying. Basically, I'm saying if, if Mike, if Quinn had the ability to tell Michael. It goes Michael, the account, hey, dog, you're I talking about you. accountability. Quinn was a player's yeah. coach. He was a player's coach, kind of. Zimmer ain't a player's coach. Like yeah. Right, you're, like, you're talking about how you telling Roy Williams. Williams. Yeah, yeah. And when I'm talking about accountable, sure, Quinn held him accountable, but I'm talking about accountable to the nth degree, like, come on, dog. Right. What the F you doing, man? Yeah. Give me right. more. You got more in you, dog. Come on, dog. Come on. Micah, Micah kind of threw he, that Micah, rep right. Micah kind of threw old boy under the bus the other day, saying, "Hey, I don't call no schemes. You know, I could play yeah, linebacker." Then he waxed poetic on him. Yeah, he did. But yeah. then he waxed poetic on him, and maybe that's the best way to say it because we don't know what exactly happened behind the scenes. So maybe did Dan Quinn really have the the ability to really tell Micah, "Hey, Doug, we need you at linebacker right here, and you're going to do it whether you want to or not." Or whether he said, hey, Michael, would you like to do this? You know, there's a tone and a difference. And it's very right. subtle. And it's, it, very it's, nuanced. Love, it's love versus tough love. Yeah. Right? We, I don't, uh, guys want to yeah. play for Dan Quinn. It's like you. Guys, right. guys want to play for Dan Quinn, and, and they love playing for him. You, you never hear anybody say anything bad about Dan, the, the, the guy and the motivator and the, the, the just the, the person, like how, how he thinks of his players. Never anything bad about but what do we hear about Zimmer and some of these things? It's like, you know, you got to get through some of the bluster and know that he cares there for you, but he's, he's doing everything he can yeah. to make you a better player. So that that's, that's love and tough love. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I always equate it to parenting. Your kids are not going to like you all the time. They really, if you do, if you taking care of business and being the parent that you're supposed to be, your kids are not going to always like you. Uh, but as they get older and they hit their 20s and their 30s, 99% of the time they look back and go, oh, yeah, it was cool. I remember that time I did this and you did that. And I was like, ah. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Or some, some right. similar to that. Yeah, don't, you, but, you're um, getting tough. You've, you've had that conversation with your dad. Absolutely. I had that conversation with my yeah. dad. Like, you know, look, I was the youngest of five, so it was a little different for me. My parents were older. They were like, yeah, just don't get in trouble and do stupid stuff. Right. You got away with more stuff. That's yeah. what, that's all your brothers and yeah. sisters say. I was the oldest, Can't so I ain't get away with nothing. Away with all of that. Yeah, I was the oldest. I ain't get away with nothing. <laughs> yeah, but me and me and my mom was sixteen years apart, though. So you know, um, what I want to say is, if you know your players, you know who the dog cuss, who not the dog cuss. You know who to, you right. know who, how to push the buttons, and it's, it's really. But eventually, you got to dog cut somebody at some point. You yeah, can't you just not dog cut. Yeah, you do. But I'm just saying, some guys respond different than other guys, and you you can dog cut everybody in general. But some guys, you need to say, "Hey, you got like when Parcells put the damn gas tank in Brian Cox locker and said, "What you you got any gas left in the tank? Am I gonna get some out of you?" You know, just motivate a guy like that. Sometimes you do that sort of stuff rather than dog cuss Brian Cox and Brian Cox is going to be ready to fight you, you know. So it's, it's different ways. I think I, I'm I'm all I'm Team Zimmer. If they get Zimmer, I'm gonna get excited. 
I, I so, think it's. I don't, I don't know if I'd be excited because it's still. I just want to see how the. It does come down to players, and they need more players. Um, but I think it's it's it would be a perfectly fine choice to go that route because of how he's adapted his scheme multiple times through year. Heck, Jacques, when you were first here, uh, when Zim took over, they were running that Tampa two stuff, right? That was their defense. The small yep. linebackers you can yeah. run all. You know yeah. th- that's what they ran. Yep, Dad Wynn. Dad Wynn was here. Right, and then and then Bill says, "Now Mike, we're a three-four team." And Mike learns a three-four. Then Mike goes to Cincinnati, and he runs a hybrid scheme of different guys and different things. And he's got these bigger linebackers right. that, that can do things. So I, I think the the fact that he's shown he can coach it up in a number of different ways makes him a makes him a really good choice. Is it going to be the difference between them getting to a Super Bowl and not getting a Super Bowl? I'm never picking the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl because until they do it, why should I <laughs> think they're going to do it? Man, man. Man, that's good stuff right there. I, hey, I'm, I'm a Cowboy fan big time, but I'm going to be the same way. I ain't going to believe it till I see it. Um, right. my I mean, last they're going to win a bunch of games, but until, until they do it when it matters most, I don't know how you pick them to do it. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the JJT research department. Uh, last night and this morning and I'm just going to ask you a very open-ended question what are your thoughts on the quarterback carousel when what respect what respect well I mean like, like as it relates to the Cowboys as it relates to Dak so a lot of people perhaps yourself included it's okay to move on from Dak uh, go find another quarterback we'll find one we'll keep running them in until we find that guy um, and so I, I guess the, maybe the better question is how afraid are you of the quarterback carousel? Very afraid? Not afraid at all? I'm tired, Archer. I don't give an F. You know? <laughs> um, like, I mean, afraid, I can see you but, and, I can Afraid see but you. not fearful. How about that? It oh, is the way okay. That you that's have sexy. I kind of like that. Oh, you look, oh, a lot. sexy, Todd, today. You were spicy uh-huh. the other yeah, day. Yeah. You were spicy yeah. the other day. You sexy <laughs> today. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Joe's got a good memory. I can't remember what I said at the top of this, top of this thing, and you remember stuff from last week. Um, uh, afraid but not fearful. And, and, and it's, look, it's easy for me to say because it's not my team, it's not my decision, it's not my money. But And, and Dak has done everything – well, right, he's he's a good, solid quarterback, right. been to Pro Bowls, team records, um, the absolute most stand-up guy you want leading your team, all that stuff. But but eventually it comes down to how much time do you need and if you're going to – which way is the – what's the way that I want to say this? How are you more screwed? Are you more screwed by giving – a quarterback, $55 million a year, making it difficult to fill out your roster? Um, or are you more screwed by going with a younger, inexperienced, unproven quarterback uh, on a fixed deal for four years to where you can make it work? Look, the, the, this franchise has gotten lucky with their last two starting quarterbacks in, in Dak Prescott and Tony Romo. We we can right. talk all you know. Connor, they wanted Connor Cook. They wanted Paxton Lynch. They got Dak. He's the best guy 
of the 2016 class. And if you want to throw Jared Goff in there because he's been to a Super Bowl and been into an NFC title game with two different teams, okay, I can have that discussion, but I'd still take Dak myself. Um, obviously, the Romo thing. But, I'm, but I can't sit there and say we were so bad at this from 1999, when was Troy? From 2000 to 2006 that, my gosh, we're never going to get this right again. Uh, this There's a different scouting staff in place. There's a different process that they have in place than what they had then. And, yeah, there's huge elements of luck. But there are ways to go get quarterbacks if you just want to if you want to make that take that chance, and it's not always going to be right. You, you could be wrong, but you just as easily could be wrong sticking with the guy that's making fifty five million dollars a year. So that's why I'm afraid, but not fearful. And I, I don't know the balance of how you look at it. And I think that's one of the things we'll find out from the Cowboys this offseason and how they deal with Dax deal. If they don't do a thing to his contract, they're telling you that they don't know either. And they're, right, they, right. they have to start looking at life without Dak beyond 2024 because they have no contractual control over him. If they don't – Yeah, and, and look. Not good. What would you say? He said, he no, said, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think this team – well, oh. I, I'll go ahead. I think um, – this team right here is not built to let Dak walk away. And it's like if you're saying if, if they took the 55 and they built a, 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 a roster with it, you know, a team with it, like, like the 49ers can get away with playing Brock Purdy because they got pro bowlers just at every level. They got a good team. Um, we can't afford that because you stick a regular guy in there. We need a quarterback that can make it go because we don't have – we're not loaded. I don't think the roster is loaded enough for us to be kind of average at quarterback. But I would make the argument, okay, you don't know about the running back because there's not one under contract. You have a top three receiver. You have Brandon Cooks. Now, this is these questions are irrelevant because it's about 2025, so it's not about 2024. But if you have – if you have now, I'm going to make it seem like I'm trying to run Dak out the door. I'm not. I'm playing the devil's advocate. Roger. If you if you got Dak at 55, and then you're going to have CD at 30, um, what else are you doing at receiver? How many guys can you go get? You, you, in your offensive line, you better continue to draft well because you're not going to be able to pay. Well, you pay Terrence Steele. You're going to have to replace Zach Martin within a couple of years. You don't have a center now. You got to go grab one of those. You're going to have to pay Tyler Smith. Um, who knows what happens with Tyron. So, like, that's why I think this is an all-in year uh, because of all the decisions that – how it impacts 2025. Um, look, there – none of it's good. None of it – but what's the what's the worst way – what's what's worse? And that's the question that they're going to ask themselves because do, do you think Kansas City minded trading up from – Number twenty-seven to ten to take Mahomes. They they got they got a pretty good quarterback, and I realize for all of the Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen trade ups that teams did, you have the Mitch Trubisky, Carson Wentz, Sam right. Darnold trade up that didn't Heck work. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Right. The, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. 
<laughs> and I'll go to the history lesson that we've talked about. Show me all the quarterbacks that have been their team starter, a, a team starter for as long as Dak has been the quarterback to go to a Super Bowl for the first time. You buck in history if he does it. There's three since 1980. And you can't really count the guys before that because the Super Bowl era wasn't that long at that point. So, you know, you have to look at the history part of it. You have to look at the economics part of it. You have to look at the availability part of it. That's one thing where, like, Parcel said, you can't just 1-800-quarterback this thing. Well, you know what? Sometimes you kind of you kind of have to. Who are, like, the three, you, you who are the three guys? Is it Peyton, uh, Peyton Ken Anderson. Ken, in, Ken Anderson was in his tenth year with Cincinnati. Peyton Manning was in his ninth, and Matt Ryan was in his ninth when they went okay. to the Super Bowl yeah. for the first time. Peyton Peyton. Manning won two Super won two MVPs before he went to a Super Bowl. Right. So that was which more is, of a question of time. That was more of a question of time than well, yeah, he was going against Tom Brady. In you know the, the the early part of the Patriots, I think at that one point, of them was the co MVP with Steve McNair. I think, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was stupid. I thought, but anyway, that's just me. <laughs> and that was under the old salary structure of a number one pick, overall pick, and da 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 da. Maybe even Matt Ryan was too. I'm not, I can't remember when. Sam, I think Sam Bradford was the last quarterback under the old system that got paid huge money. But again, it's the. It, you're, the, this whole I probably said it last week too Joel you remember this you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't yeah yeah like everything about this Cowboys uh, offense uh, offseason is you're damned if you do and damned if you don't <laughs> well yeah. I was, I one like of the things that, go ahead Joe no I like that I mean yeah, like I you mean, said it's all in for 25 whether the, whether, whether we we not define it for Jerry but it do sound like it's all in for for the 25 season you know, what you going to do? You know, I hope they yeah, burn whatever, some capital whatever. or something. They need to do something. To, to, his definition all in, like we said, is bullshit. So, right. When's the last <laughs> when, When's the last big-time move that they've made? And I will go, I would say it's Amari in 2018, giving up a first-round pick to go get him, and that changed the, the course of their season. Yep. Before that, you got to go back to trading up from Oak Claiborne, signing Brandon Carr. Um, Damn! We right. I mean, <laughs> that was just a bad deal right there, Mo Claiborne. Golly, well, it was a uh, shot. See, that's it, a result. It, it was it, a shot. Yeah, it was like trading. It up made sense when the they did it. Yeah, but they right. They, and everybody, they, no one said, "My gosh, they traded I up for Mo Claiborne." Everybody's like, "Damn, yeah, they, traded a, up, they got Mo Claiborne." He was a man corner. They used him in zone though. It's stupid. It's, it's, yeah, I mean. It's all of that is whatever. Yeah, it was a. They took a shot at the best corner. I mean, it was no question he was the best corner in the draft. It wasn't like oh, maybe he is, maybe not. He was the guy. Yeah, it was Dion. They were supposed to pair him. Yeah, they were supposed to pair him with Brandon, and that was going to solve your quarterback, your corner issues for you know five years. And that was that was uh, going to help your pass rush, and that was da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, it made it sense. Really worked. It just didn't. It just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. Um, in doing in doing my research, um, I'm just making a general statement. It takes you about five years to go from your franchise quarterback to at least somebody who's kind of stable. Uh, in general, there's always outliers to every 
to everything. But in general, that's what it was. That's what it is. Matter of fact, the Cowboys have been one of the more blessed franchises to basically have Aikman a very short five or six year period without a guy and then get Romo and Dak. Um, before Aikman, it's kind of like when uh, before Aikman was garbage too. Steve Palou, well, Kevin it was Sweeney. only garbage. Steve Palou, it was only Kevin garbage Sweeney for again. How many years? It was only garbage for five or six years. Yeah, from yeah, eight, uh, from Danny White, eighty nine. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was only five or six years, and from that you had Starback, and the first part of Danny White was was you know very fine. So, but again, so the Cowboys haven't really. Yeah, Cowboys haven't really had that problem, and then um, you know the Colts have been good. Going from uh, Peyton to Luck, uh, you know, to uh, who they have after that? Anthony Richardson. Well, they got they've had they've had well, different. Frank Richardson is the guy. The last six years, Kobe Luck, I don't think they've had a guy. Yeah, Philip Rivers started once yeah. in there. Wentz started. I, I think they sent yeah. from Andrew Luck's retirement to this year. They've had a different starting quarterback to open the year. They literally every year now. And they literally Richardson did one eight hundred quarterback. That's what they did. No, no, you're right. It was from uh, it was from Manning. Then they had a year, and then they went from Luck. So they went from like ninety eight to twenty eighteen. But check this out. They went from Johnny U, who ended his thing in sixty seven, to Peyton in ninety eight, looking for that next guy. And so they had Burt Jones. Um, I was gonna say Burt Jones. Got about Burt Jones. Well, number seven. Well, see, number seven. Burt Jones. You know. You know. Well, I'm going to offer you an opportunity, Archer. We're about to have a long conversation about the quarterback carousel. You can uh, you can join it if you if you would choose, or if you need to scurry on, uh, you, we will dismiss you at this point so you can continue with your date. Um, I got nothing to do. Arch, Archer's sitting here I'm thinking. I'd say he ain't got nothing right. to do. Well, folks, Todd Archer brought to you each and every Wednesday. Now you're gonna have John's research. <laughs> Hey man, don't make him look at his notes, no, Don't make him look at his notes. That's okay. Yeah, you fucking asshole. Okay, now I gotta now I gotta now I gotta start my Smokey John's barbecue. Would y'all both be quiet right, so I can give bad. Smokey John's the praise that they deserve? Uh Smokey John's barbecue brings us Tired Archer and his two lovable friends each and every Wednesday. Uh they're at eighteen twenty West Mockingbird. This is the week. Not to get the jam session bowl, although you can if you want to. This is the week for the big game pack. You still got a couple days to order it. Big game pack for Super Bowl Sunday. That's a half a gallon of their signature brisket queso, tortilla chips, four pounds of wings. Wow! Two ribs, two pounds of ribs, oh. Smokey John's barbecue sauce, and brownies, all for $139.95. Let me tell y'all something. That's a deal worth having. What? Smokey John's love in your mouth. It's fantastic. Uh, all you got to do to get that, give them a call. 1-888-70-75227. Uh, you can also order it online. It's the Big Game Pack. Uh, half a gallon of the brisket queso with chips, four pounds of wings, two pounds of ribs, barbecue sauce, and brownies as if you would have any room left. Now, you can also add to all of that the Jam Session Bowl. You really can. You can just say, hey, in addition to all that, I want the Jam Session Bowl, which is a bowl with mac and cheese base, mashed potatoes, two out of five smoked meats. Your boy likes to rock with the brisket and the sausage. 
And then all the stuff you find on the loaded baked potato, like bacon bits and chives and sour cream and cheese and butter, all that good stuff, man. Then they ask you, do you want it drenched or do you want it drizzled with that sauce? That too, my friends. Love in your mouth. All right. It's enough for two. You got a little shorty that's uh, six or seven. Three of y'all can eat off of it. But uh, give Smokey John's a call. The food is terrific and it's available. Hey, check this out. If you need it more rapidly than that, you can order it online. You go to SmokeyJohns.com, go to Marketplace. You can get the sauce or the rub delivered to your home in a couple of days. And if you have to have it today, you can go to H-E-B and pick the rub up. That's right. Go to H-E-B, walk in the grocery store, and pick the rub up. Smokey John's Barbecue. It's love in your mouth. Get some. It's fantastic. Uh, now, back to the quarterback carousel. Uh, now, this was a good question I had. Because when I was doing this, uh, and I was in the research department, I had some tough calls to make. Because I'm talking about an elite quarterback. And so the Colts are a good choice, a good conversation to talk about. Because I looked at Burt Jones. Because you got to understand, I know all about Burt Jones. Why? Because I was living in Buffalo when Burt Jones was throwing them dimes at Roger Carr, number 81. And the Colts were a team that the Bills had to deal with. But when I was doing the research, I was trying to differentiate between a franchise quarterback and sometimes, like, Dan Passerini played for eight or nine years. I don't know that Dan Passerini was a franchise quarterback, an elite quarterback. He was, at that point in time, they just didn't change quarterbacks that often. You get the job, you kind of keep the job. So guys like him and Burt Jones, I kind of skipped over. Uh, I did some – back then I looked at some Pro Bowls. I looked at the team record. Uh, and then, you know, at the end of the day, I just make a judgment call whether I wanted to say they were in the list or not. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily argue you down. I mean, what's the point of doing your own research if, you, if at the end of the day you're not going to make your own decision about whether a cat either makes the list or doesn't make the list? Um, I would say you know, Dan was – I would say he was a franchise guy. He was traded straight up for the snake. I mean, he was good in Houston. All right. He was all right. He was, he was injured right. in, in Oakland. Yeah, I don't even remember Pastorini in Oakland. Yeah, uh, you don't remember he was so, traded for Kenny? For the snake? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how deep the research department think, is. I don't know. And, and was he traded to Oakland or was he traded to New Orleans? I don't know. No, no. Kenny played for New Orleans under Wade. All right. The snake did, and, but he know, was the, traded. He was the, traded straight up for Kenny Stabler to, to the, uh, to the Oilers. They, they traded quarterbacks. All right, that's cool. Uh, that's something I did not know. But uh, so take that research and go shove it up your. <laughs> that's what Joe's saying. <laughs> no, nah, I say oh, that. Well, I, I just intimated that. I, I didn't. didn't that. I didn't realize that because he only played five games for the for the Raiders. Yeah, and so that's yeah. He, he was hurt. Was five, he was hurt all the time. Five games that were not very memorable, and I didn't realize he played for the Rams or the Eagles. Basically, he disappeared in my mind once uh, he got jobbed in that '79 championship game against Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. But here's the point I'm trying to make. Uh, you know whether you want to count. You know, I, I went through every team. And so we just start at the beginning. Now, and I'm just, you know, there, as we just seen, there are debates 
And each one of you FAs are also welcome to go spend your time in the research department. Don't have and, to. And you can argue with Don't this. Don't have to. Already. I, my well, mind is you know, my I'm, mind I'm is a vast warehouse of useless knowledge. I don't have to do the research. Now let's let's quickly tell everybody why your mind is a vast warehouse of ruthless knowledge. Because those those media guys I used to get we used to get every year. Arch, I was I was reading. Drop them. I was reading. Can I finish? I man? was reading at football stuff season. way before the media guy. I can't let you lie. I can't let you say I'm the media guys lie. is the reason for that. I'm finna say. I'm finna say at the end of the season we used to have all the media guys, mm-hmm. and I used to drop them off and go, "Hey, you can add this to your storage warehouse." That's all I was gonna say. Well, man. I used to read Athlons and Peterson's magazine that break down the teams when I was in like seventh grade. So I don't know. Right. You probably don't can, remember can those to... those magazines, but I right. no because like kind of magazine. Yeah, he probably did. Yeah, I had those too. You know, we'll magazine. have to. T- We'll have to talk about nudie magazines in the block one day. Where did you, where did, okay, this is a very quick exit. Uh, where did no, you hide no, those? No, 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 sir. No, sir. Stay on course. Okay. Oh, so, uh, no. Stay on course, Okay, Pop. so Ty, Stay. Ty never had any. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> as we talk about the quarterback carousel. There you go. And we're going to start with the, with the Cardinals. And, you know, it was hard because I was looking for longevity, but I was also looking for success. And if you were less than five years, I kind of looked at you, but I kind of made a case-by-case. Case. But, like, if you let the Cardinals, you have to almost really go back to Jim Hart yep. back in the early 70s yep. until Kurt Warner. Uh-uh. I mean, uh-uh. yeah, they Neil, had Neil, Neil Lomax. Lomax yeah. they, but, see, we talked like Neil Lomax never took them to more than seven wins. So, yes, you can be a starter for a decade. You can be a starter for six or seven years, but – Nobody looked at Neil Lomax as, oh, here's a perennial, here's a star quarterback. He just was a, he was a filler because they didn't have nobody. And this was not a time okay. kind of where you was moving guys in and out at the same way. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know that, uh, now some of this I can't, a lot of this I can't remember off the top of my head. But I, like, I know Neil Lomax was the starter for like seven years uh, because I remember when they traded up to get him. Out of uh, Portland State. Portland State, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, he never he won more than seven games once. Are we going to go through You know, through with 90 touchdowns. Like he said, are we going to go through 32 teams? Yeah. Not not this deep, but, you know, Joe likes to talk about everything. So, you okay, know, I told you it was a long conversation. <laughs> let me, let me. Uh, but Neil Lomax, 90 in his – Killing, killing my mic 90. now. <laughs> now, see, now you don't have to go to the extreme. But the whole point of this conversation, really, and this is what we're talking about. We're just trying to show y'all when you say, hey, and, and when you say, hey, just get rid of Dak. I'm ready to start that journey. It's okay if you want to do that. What we're doing is really telling you how that journey can go. Because you're not guaranteed to go from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love or Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Matter of fact, the Green Bay Packers are the one team that's really doing it like that. But guess what? They went from winning Brett Star, Bart Starr in 68 to win. Brett Favre in 92. <laughs> so, and, you know, we can talk about Lynn Dickey if we want to, but they went 20-something years between that guy. But uh, that, okay, all, like, everything you're saying is right and true, but there's just as much of a risk by staying with what you've got for 
nine years going on another five or six after that, yeah. right? When it when it's not happened, yeah, right? I'm, I'm not. So, uh, so you're, I'm not you're really disputing the, the yeah the enemy of I'm not really disputing good. that. Yeah, um, I get that. I'm not really disputing that. I'm really just pointing out because I I really don't think people understand that it can take a minute to find your quarterback. Like I I mean they say it, but I'm really pointing. I'm, I, the purpose of this was to point out just how long it can be between guys. And yeah, there's two or three franchises that have strung them together for a minute, but outside of that, when you're looking for the guy, it can just be a minute. And yeah. um, you know, the the next conversation about Dak, and that's not a conversation for today. Uh, it's to do a deeper ride on, you know, can he improve? Is he as good as he's ever going to be? This is it. This is the apex. Or can he get better in some other ways that might allow him to be an outlier? But that's not a conversation for today. That's a conversation for later. Uh, Sounds like you want like more Atlanta. research to do. Well, yeah, because I haven't I have, I have looked at that. And I don't like to have those kinds of conversations without doing a little bit of research, man. I mean, that's just me. Like, who are the great quarterbacks? That, who's, who's the franchise quarterback Atlanta had before uh, Matt Ryan showed up? Steve Barkowski. Steve Barkowski. See, I had him on the list as a um, as the same kind. All these guys you guys are going to mention are guys that I looked at and I was trying to discern – whether like is he just a longevity guy, or is he and did anybody consider Steve Barkowski an elite quarterback for a period of time like five or six years, or was he just you know just a guy who was taking snaps? No, nah, I mean was, Chris Chandler took took yeah. him to a Super Bowl. Yeah. He's been to a Super Bowl more recently than anybody with the Cowboys. Mm. Well, yeah, but, you know, Brad Johnson took him to the Super Bowl, had one good year. I mean, he was not a franchise quarterback. Trent Dilfer won the Super Bowl. He's not a franchise quarterback. Steve Barkowski, you know, he might have, he won more than seven games once in one, two, three, four, seven, eight years as a starter. Well, see, see, the, the thing is, a guy can be a franchise quarterback. And not win uh, the Super Bowl not, or win consistently. Okay, if, if you got your franchise quarterback and your franchise suck, well, you still got your guy. Okay, here's what I'm maybe maybe. I see. I I want to make sure we're not getting caught up in semantics. Yeah, Archie Manning is a good right, example. Right, like I'm like I'm talking about Archie Manning's on here. I'm talking about elite court. I'm talking about quarterbacks that that the vast majority of people consider elite. Like I don't think many people consider Dan Pastorini elite for a long time. Maybe not, maybe had a year or two. I said yeah. maybe had a year or two. Yeah, I don't think not. in the history yeah, of football people said, "Oh, elite. there's an elite quarterback." Well, I thought you, you know that's well, what I'm saying. You, I'm t- you moving the goalposts because I thought we was talking about. No, I'm not. I thought we was talking about okay, a, a good quarterback for a team. Now, no, okay, we talking about I'm an elite about, quarterback. I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking about guys that we consider elite quarterbacks. Okay. Like, yeah. Tony Romo didn't win no championship. We could all pretty much say he had a long stretch where he was considered an elite quarterback. Uh, now, you do well, you maybe something yeah, to think. Dak is not, there are people say that Tony's not elite because he never got to a conference title game. Yeah. You know how people can do can, He was really well, good. Well, that's what we're just talking about. Yeah. We're talking about your normal, intelligent football fan. 
Not, uh, I mean, because, you know, you can make semantics and make your argument whatever you want it to be. Uh, Me and Joe are just trying I to poke holes in your argument is all we're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> but see, this is not a poke, it ain't even a poke hole argument. It's just a conversation about how hard it is to find that guy. And so that's why it's okay to get off the, get off the train, but you have to be, pro- it's like anything else. You can get off the train. I wouldn't even argue with you if you said, you know what, Dax had his eight years, it's time to get off. But it's like any other decision you make, you just have to deal with the consequences. Maybe you find a guy, maybe Trey Lance's guy, but didn't even realize. Or maybe 10 years from now, we're like, damn, I don't know if we should have got rid of Dak at that particular time. Uh, if you look but at again, Buffalo. But then 10 years from now, you say, why the heck did you stay with Dak for 15 years? Yeah. Well, they, is, I mean, I think you said it at the beginning. There ain't no right or wrong answer. Right. My question is, where does the money you're trying, go? You're trying to prove your theory right. Yeah. My theory is it can take you a while to. It's not even a theory. It's a fact. It could take. It could take you a while to find your next elite quarterback. In today's yeah. world, where and maybe the maybe the game is much different, and so it's harder to find that guy because the game is more complicated now in terms of, uh, you know, all the coverages, all the things you got to do with the line of scrimmage. Now, of course, you this? could I argue. More good they, were, teams. they were calling their own plays back in the 70s. Hold up. Yeah. What did you say, Todd? Maybe there's more good teams these days than there were back in the day. Uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. There's more. There's better players than there were like, back in the day. Right. Like, there was no free agency, so – once you had your team, and if you were good, you were going to be good. You weren't losing everybody year by year. Yeah. Now the talent spread out, so maybe that's not the right way to say it. Of there's more good teams. Maybe there's more. Maybe there, there's more uh, average teams that can become good during a course of a season than there were back then. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. Yep. like grew up in New England. The Patriots are going to be bad every year. We just knew they were going to be bad every year. And they had. 1985, they had, they caught yeah, yeah, like Plunkett was the number one pick in the draft, and he wasn't good until he got to Oakland. Yeah, or Los Angeles, right, like, I, didn't, like I knew Steve Grogan. Uh, you know, like uh, it I guess was not Hansel an elite quarterback. Kind of, uh, no, he wasn't elite. No, no John Hanna. John Hanna was elite. That damn guard from Alabama was elite. That's one of my favorite right. players. Number seventy-three. I was trying to, de- I was trying to debate whether uh, Drew Bledsoe was an elite quarterback for New England. Um, yeah. To the well, guy if you're, come up, so if you're not, right, if you're not going to count a, a Bledsoe as an elite quarterback, then you can't count Dak or Romo as an elite quarterback. No, I said I was trying to figure it out. Again, there's no right or wrong to this thing. You know, like if you look well, at San Diego, he had... either he is or isn't. Is it Who's all right? Well, let me ask this question: Is was Bledsoe an elite quarterback in New England? Yep. Yeah, but then but then he lost his job. So, yeah, until he lost his job. But then why did he lose his job? He got knocked the hell out. He, right, he, he got he, hurt and then the he coach got didn't Wally go back Pip. Yeah, he got that Wally Pip treatment. 
Yeah. Aren't you glad you had me uh, stay on, Jock? <laughs> I mean, it was gonna it was gonna be this way anyway. It, it didn't matter whether you were here or not. Uh, oh, that's a shot know, right so, there. That's a shot right there. Yeah. Actually, that was like crazy to whole, Joe, I think I like that. <laughs> now you know. So you know, if you got uh, a team like Minnesota, who have they had? They've had guys for a year. They had Culpepper for two or three years. They had uh, Randall Cunningham for a year. But they haven't been able to find that sustained guy since since when? Well, you're gonna tell me Fran Tarkenton, so Ah uh, man. See I, I, but, I this discussion really, is great because anybody who threw to Randy Moss was elite for a couple of years. That that was the that mean, was the number one thing between Jeff George, uh Cole Pepper, and whoever the hell else threw to Randy Moss. Gus Farrat, whoever threw to Randy Moss was 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 elite when they was with Minnesota. I don't know if I agree with that. I okay, don't. they was throwing bombs I mean, and winning Randy games. Moss. Uh, Randall Cunningham, Randy Moss was the X factor in all of that. But that's a whole nother argument, you know. Just saying. Yeah, uh, you know. So that's what I mean. Culpepper had four good years, uh, but you know they struggled to win games. Uh, you know, matter of fact, they uh, they didn't. They were they were never more than nine wins with Culpepper. And seemed like they well, actually won eleven really? first. No, he won eleven his first year. There you go. Then they never won more than nine with him. Uh, Culpepper, eleven five, five and eleven. Well, remind me who, who was no longer nine on and seven, teams. eight and eight. Ooh, yeah, right. Where, Is that where when Randy it, left? Randy Randy left after the 03 season. I think he went to Oakland after that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You you. I'm just looking all at the, the quarterback. Go I'm not to Randy. looking at all this. Ex- yeah, okay. I'm not looking at all this extraneous stuff. I'm just looking at the quarterbacks. Uh, because, you know, we're talking about how hard is it to find the guy. Now, if you got a great team around you, like San Francisco right yeah, now. That's why I said already. Yeah, that, that you got a good team, you can have subpar, or you can have not subpar, but you can have an average quarterback. It just depends but on how you But are we saying the built. Cowboys don't have a good roster? Is that what we're saying? I'm saying that no, that's the, what Joe is saying. I'm saying that the roster that Dak inherited – when he was a rookie, is not as good as the roster if he walks away. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's good, but can you have – the biggest question is, can you have an average quarterback on that team right there? He could on be this above. current team. Yeah, that's, that would be my question right there. Yeah, on this current team, can you, can you, have, can you do Trey Lance? Can, can you make the argument this roster is better than the 2016 roster? I think 2016 is better. Why? Well, there was no – I see, I can't go there because there was no one on that defense. As good as Sean Lee was, he, I'd have to look at the 2016 numbers. But I'm saying there's that, no one like Micah. There's no one like Trayvon Diggs. Right. There's no one like Deron Bland on, the, on those teams. I'm saying so – That's just on the defense. I'm saying at the quarterback position, I'm talking about like – I agree with you on that. I'm talking about like on uh, on the offensive side of the ball – that offense with Zeke, uh, Jason Witten, we was offense heavy on that team, I know. But Zeke, Jason Witten, uh, the center, uh, a young Zach Martin, a healthy Tyrone, Tyron Smith, um, just just uh, Dez Bryant. Well, don't count Dez. He wasn't very good that year. But I would say De- 
CD now is better than Dez in 2016. Yeah, Dez was only Dez good. Topped, as... Dez topped out in 2014. He wasn't. Yeah. He didn't have any. He didn't do it after that. Without Tony throwing him the ball, Dez was Dez dropped off big time. That's what I think. It just it just it just contributed to his 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 production when Tony wasn't throwing because Tony was forcing that thing to him. Big time. I mean, he knew Dez was going to catch it, but yeah, I agree with that. But I just think the offense was better in 2016. The, the line was the line was better for sure. Mm-hmm. Running back was better for sure. But the the quarterback now is better than the quarterback then. But yeah. now that's not what we're saying, so we can't really make that argument. But yeah, I'm just saying if you, you know, got if you, but, uh, it depends on what you're driving. It's like if you get, is what kind of machine you driving with the driver in there? Is it a Camry or is it a Porsche? They not a, they not a well, Camry right that's now. That's the reason why guys like that's the reason why guys like Trent Dilfer and, and uh, Nick Foles can win a Super Bowl on a given year uh, because the team that they happen to have is, can operate without yeah. having an elite quarterback. Yeah, and those are more the, they happen from time to time, but those are more of the outliers. Uh, yeah, but uh, on that note. We must bid you adieu right now, Mr. Archer. Oh, we, we kicking you out. You okay. Much. Yeah, we kicking you out. Appreciate you. Yeah, because we, uh, Thanks, we're guys. tight on time, and we, we, we're about to leave ourselves in a few minutes. <laughs> here's, my, here's my PSA for, uh, for those who listen. I got to call now, an we can continue. Everybody, go, everybody take care of yourself and make sure you get tested and get your colonoscopies done. Roger that. How about that? How come you didn't tell us, man? We could, we could have talked about that. Uh, the worst part of the colonoscopy is one who's had one. It's just drinking that stuff so that they can take the picture. Uh, because you know me, man, I can be a uh, a protester. I, I got there and I told the dude, he said, okay, we're finna give you this anesthesia. I said, okay. And he said, count backwards for 100. Now, you know, I tried to fight the count, man. I tried to hold up under the anesthesia. They can't put me to sleep. I'm Jacques Taylor, man. Oh, it's gone. You and gone. Then, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I got the 99. Yeah, you gone. Dude, gone. And... Um, you know, I I found it not to be. I found seriously that drinking that stuff, so that they could take the picture, was the worst part. Everything else was pretty basic. Yeah, no, that and that's what today so, is for me. So, yeah, Start all right, well, go o'clock. do your thing, man. I'm glad. You, all right, I'm glad you put that out there. Yeah, and uh, don't. Hey, if the doctor come back with any jokes about what he did while you were asleep, don't believe him. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for the wisdom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See you guys. Later. All right. That's Todd Archer brought to you each and every uh, Wednesday by Smokey John's Barbecue. Um, we're a little long today, but we love y'all, so we're going to roll through. Uh, let's go to the block real quick, man. The block. Oh. Now, we didn't really get through the entire quarterback story conversation. And so we'll come back to it uh, next week. Uh, give Joe some time to do some research if he chooses. Uh, we may bring Archie in from the beginning on it. Because it's really a good conversation about how long it takes to find an elite quarterback. If that's what you're looking for. Uh, but anyway, my granddaughter, as I told y'all the other day, celebrated her 18th birthday this weekend, and uh, it was a good time, and it reminded me of uh, why we should take just a little bit of time to celebrate your birthday. It's another trip around the world, around the uh, sun. Uh, you know, hopefully you've learned some time. And then the other thing is, as I get older, man, um, 
And this just happens. There ain't no way around it. You know, people start to die and they don't get that full year. Uh, so, when's the last time you had a birthday party? Uh, I haven't had a birthday party, but I usually celebrate with, with family, you know, with my immediate family. And uh, we go to my favorite hamburger place. And uh, What's your favorite hamburger place? Rodeo Goat is my favorite Rodeo Goat. Place. Yeah, Rodeo Goat. Where is that at? It's outstanding. They got one out uh, around 7th Street on uh, in Fort Worth. And uh, oh yeah, it's great. It's, they got they got. I think they got one in Dallas too. But uh, if, if anybody's ever been there, they'll test to it. It's, it's got good, not just good burgers, it's good food. But uh, yeah, I go there, and uh, sometimes we go to Papacitos. But uh, my uh, my birthday gifts are outstanding because they are really heartfelt. They don't have to be that expensive. Um, I like I'm like you. You know, your time on this earth is, is, is limited. And so if I'm spending time with loved ones, I appreciate that a lot more than the gifts. Just the fact that you're taking time out your day to come be with me. It's all good. Right. Now, I think, um, you know, I tried to impress, uh, you know, I know sometimes uh, I just, I get, a, I get a warm spot in my heart when I see my son listen to what I say or have said over the years and then execute it. And uh, one of the things I taught him early on, like when he was in middle school uh, and he had his first girlfriend, nice young lady named Angelique who's at uh, Texas A&M right now. Uh, I said, Doug, you do not have to spend a lot of money on a gift. What you have to spend is a lot of time and thought. That will save you money, and it's and the person you give it to will love it even more a lot of times than something that costs a lot of money because you thought about them. And so he didn't really get it when he's in middle school. So I just said, "Hey, what's find out?" Uh, I gave him an assignment for Valentine's Day. I said, "Go find out Angelique's favorite, you know, soda, her favorite candy, her fa- all her little favorite knickknack junk." And it took him about a week, but he came back and told me. So you know what we did. We didn't do nothing but go to the store and pick up all that stuff. Put it in a little basket. I said, now here, give a note and write something in it. And he came back, Dad, she loved it. I said, I told you she would, man. And so that's kind of how he is as a gift giver now, man. Now, he'll spend some money on his mom, but even her on Mother's Day, he he went and bought something that was kind of cheap and put it in a nice little box and put some stuff in it and wrote a note. And she over there crying crocodile tears. And so my point to that is, I tell people all the time, it's the thoughtfulness, like Joe is talking about, about the gift, uh, much more important than the cost. In most cases, it's were you thoughtful and, wow, you really know me. I saw, I mentioned this one time and you went and got it for me. So uh, that's how I always think. But, you know, as far as birthdays, I think it's just, uh, I think it's good to have a birthday party every now and then. Uh, my people threw me a surprise party on my 50th birthday. Yeah. And that was kind of cool because I hadn't. Oh, yeah. Were you there? Yeah, no, no, no. Because I hadn't. I, I that my were last you on the road or something. Yeah, my last, I don't like you that much anyway. But uh, no, I was <laughs> <laughs> no, I was on the road. If you don't tell me back then, I worked eighty hours a week. If I was, if you didn't tell me way ahead of time, forget about it. You know, I wasn't. This is a yeah. lot of stuff I missed. 
because I was on the road, a lot of stuff I used the road as an excuse to miss. Your birthday wasn't one of them. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the last party I had was my 50th, which you was at. Yeah, which was cool. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah. Uh, uh, they got me. That was a true surprise because uh, I hadn't even considered it. Matter of fact, Archer was there. Yeah. Because uh, I walked to my house, first face I see is Todd Archer. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? What's here? going on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, uh, on I, so, I wasn't uh, surprised. You know why? Because my wife was on the phone. And when she's on the phone doing important stuff, she writes stuff down. So she actually right. wrote word of birthday. It was at Jay Gilligan's in Arlington. And she wrote that down on a napkin. Jay Gilligan's, Jay Gilligan's. <laughs> I was eating breakfast. And I, I saw, oh, there's a napkin right there. I picked the napkin up to wipe my wipe my hands. And Jay Gilligan's surprise party. And I'm going... I don't like Jay yeah, Gilligan that much, but okay. So she didn't gave it all the way. Yeah, yeah. So I had that kind of act surprise. It was all good, but it was uh, it was it was it was really it was really good um, to have so many people showed up. So yeah, birthday you know what's party. interesting is uh, before my fiftieth birthday party, I was I sat there and thought about it, man. I hadn't had a birthday party since I was thirteen. Yeah. And my 13-year-old birthday party, now that was a big deal because you're becoming a teenager now. I'm going to tell you, man, that was an epic party. And here's why it was epic. I had a sleepover, and we had a big house, well, relatively big house in uh, Oak Cliff. Um, just for, uh, just for so you understand, it was like four bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms. So it was a big house. Had a big backyard. Um, and I think I had 10 to 12 friends over and my mom took us all to Benihana's now must, somebody else must have been driving because we had a Volkswagen all them folks couldn't fit in no Volkswagen but I had 13, 12 10 to 12 friends at the party we all went to Benihana's my mom paid for us I'm like damn she must have saved up for a long time for that party because that was expensive and then uh, we came back to the house, man, and we played basketball in my backyard probably all night long. And it was a, uh, it was a great party uh, because it was most of my friends from school, a few of my friends uh, who I from the, from the neighborhood. But the fact that my mom let 10 to 12 dudes come over and play basketball and stay up all night uh, and tear the house up is why it was an epic party that I remember to this day. You know, I so was, what do y'all think I did? With, go ahead, what? I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, so what do y'all think I did with my when my son turned 13? Oh, you had the basketball goal back there. Yeah. Nah, dog. We went bigger than that. You okay. know what he did? He had about 10 guys over. I went to the pastor at Ibach, and I said, Pastor Rush, my son's having his 13th birthday party. You think we can come up here and use the gym? And they ah, play basketball cool for a right few there. hours. Yeah. He said, that ain't nothing but a word. Opened up the gym for me, and them fools was in there playing basketball at Ibop for two or three hours, man. For real. Uh, before they came back to the house and then played basketball in our backyard and, you know, did the same thing. Stayed up all night, acted the fool uh, to the wee hours of the morning, if they ever went to sleep. Uh, but that's what I did for his 13th birthday party. You had a. I was thinking if you had a house that big, 
that puts more. Uh, it kind of gives you a story where you had to rake the leaves because if you had a little yard, you, <laughs> when you said I got in trouble, my mom rake made me rake the leaves. I thought, I wonder how big his yard was. Well, if you got a big house like that, that that had to be a big ass yard, and that's a lot of work, right there, bro. Yeah. Yeah, that was, man. I wasn't, uh, yeah. I tell you, you, had 13 pecan trees back there. Yeah, that's crazy. It was all yeah, shit leaves. Yes, sir. That's a lot of work, bro. Lots of work. Bagging, uh, raking, yeah, dragging yeah. the bag. Yeah. Let me thank, tell you. Thank you, because it wasn't just raking, oh, it was yeah. bagging all and that. dragging. All that, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a the punishment right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me tell you my but birthday story right it. quick. We had my daughter, yeah. you know, I gave my daughter a 10th birthday party. And uh, we had it at the community pool in our in our uh, development, and uh, we had a bunch of cake. We had hot dogs. We had all of this, you know. We bought. We invited all her friends. And there was these three little boys. I'm I'm watching them, you know. They they about nine ten, you know. I'm watching them, and uh, right. they was at the pool before we got there, and uh, I was asked, "Hey, them, them, see them boys right there? Yeah, they kind of snuck in here. Are you kicking them out?" I said, I, I said, let me go handle them right quick. I walked over to him. I said, what's up, y'all? How you doing, sir? I said, uh, y'all, y'all know who birthday party this is? They was like, yeah. I said, whose birthday party? They said, her. I said, what's her name? And they sat there and they was like, mm. I said, all right, look, look here, look here, look here. But my wife was scared I was gonna get on them, kick them out. I said, look here, look here. If y'all gonna crash a party. Y'all watch y'all saying happy birthday. I watch y'all saying happy birthday. Y'all know nobody's name. Now, if you're going to crash the party, uh, 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 at least know the person's name. Somebody come ask you, all right? Enjoy your cake. Enjoy your hot dogs. Let that be a lesson to y'all. And that, you know, I just remember they was looking all scared, and I was like, nah, this ain't that. Don't worry about it. I, we got plenty of hot dog. We got plenty of cake. Enjoy yourself. They were scared shitless, but I was like, nah, man, nah. Y'all just got to do it right, all right? All right, sir, thank you. All right, it's cool. Have, have fun. Let's go swimming. You know, it's, you can you can be an ass about stuff, or you can just, you know. I, I love kids, so it was all good. But yeah, that's, that was one of my birthdays. read the room stories. and see what the, kids, see what the kids are all about. Yeah, that too. They wasn't talking. They wasn't causing no trouble. They just, they, 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 what they did, I would have done. I just tried to teach them how to do it better. I would have been like, hot dogs, cake. Right. Hell yeah, I'm singing happy birthday. Happy birthday. And they didn't know they didn't know who the hell my daughter was. <laughs> but good stuff. That's why I remember, man. Good stuff. Nah. So that's uh that's the birthday of my my uh, granddaughter. She uh she went to a Dave and she eighteen, so she went yeah. to Dave and Busters with a couple of her friends the other day. Yeah. And then we had uh lunch at brunch at uh, Yardbird. Uh it was a really nice restaurant on uh on uh Sunday. But uh, that's uh, our trip around the block this week. Uh, we always appreciate you. Uh, remember, uh, the book, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders and the Making of Men. You want to know what makes Deion tick? Why he's put together a terrific recruiting class at Colorado? Why he talked about he expects to be in the playoff this year? Yeah, he, that's what he said. Uh, you can find it all in this book. I spent the 2022 season with him at Jackson State. Uh, complete total access to the program. You learn things in here that you'll never learn anywhere else about why he is the coach that he is. Uh, don't forget, register for the MAV tickets. It's easy. All you got to do is go to the YouTube channel, The Real Jacques Talk. Sign up, subscribe, register, leave a comment. That's all you got to do to register. We're going to announce a drawing on the 14th. I'll be in touch with you. And check this out. 
Once you win, all I got to do is text you the tickets. I mean, it don't really get no easier than that. So go to the YouTube station right now, YouTube channel right now. Subscribe, like, leave a comment. Boom. Good. You good to go. Uh, you can follow us on IG at The Real Jacques Talk. And you can always hit me on Twitter at JJT Journalist. I am Jean Jacques Taylor, is the handle. Uh, for Big Joe and the Big Rig, we appreciate y'all. Till we chat again, y'all be blessed.